I have to say I found it very windy overnight. It, it woke me a few times during the night. Now, we do live on the hill, like, but um, it did wake me during the night. So I don't know if any of you experienced that as well. But uh, if it's going to get windier, hopefully it'll be gone by tea time tonight. Now, the comment lines today, if you want to get through to us. And uh, can I just say something about the piece we did with the UNHCR and the accusations that are coming in? That um, And I'll give you some of the accusations um, uh, that are coming in. Bear with me and I'll move on then with the programme, I promise you. Um, but some of the accusations that are coming in today, if I could just flip and find them, it would be great, wouldn't it? Um, I'll find them in a moment for you. Uh, but can I just say that we've had so much negativity when it comes to refugees coming into this country. Um, that we wanted to balance it by having uh, the crew, Susan on from the UNHCR, because we have to balance it, because there's so much misinformation out there, and there's so much anger out there, and there's a guy called Larry sending in stuff, that he's entitled to send in stuff, and the other person who said that's a, a load of baloney, they're entitled to say that as well, they're 100% entitled to say what they want to say, but we as broadcasters do have a duty of care uh, right across um, the country, so we have to balance as well. Uh, so just to give you an idea, uh, Keith, that was one hell of a broadcast on behalf of the government by Susan. And you can say that came from Councillor Noel Thomas. And we verified it. It did. He sent it in. That was one hell of a broadcast on behalf of the government by Susan. Which I think is an insult to Susan. Because they're an independent NGO. They work with the people in question. But Councillor Noel Thomas can have his thought process. Not a bother in the world. And we're quite happy to read it out there as well. Um, now, repairs to a burst pipe in the Belclare area has been something that has caused huge issues over the last five years. Wait for it. In 2021 and 2022, um, the Tune Municipal Council um, spoke at length indeed to everybody involved in it because it's costing a fortune. When a leak occurs, it can cost up to forty to 50000 to fix it. We do believe that we've got... Um, Good news coming the way this morning. And I do believe on the line I'm joined uh, by Councillor Andrew Reddington, who should be joining me. Andrew, good morning to you. Yeah, so I suppose, Keith, over the last five years um, since I've been elected anyway, this particular section of, of pipe over in Belclare, you know, between Carrings and Caltra there, has burst, I would say, at least ten times. Now, it was reported to me that each time that pipe went, it cost between forty and €50,000 to fix it. Um... I think a couple of months ago, Keith, I was on about uh, a road in, in close to where the pipe burst. Actually, a sinkhole ap- appeared on the main road there on the R333 and a car going down it. Mm. So it's been a big issue in that area for a long time. Now, that particular water supplies Hetford, Kilconley, Ratesh, Lagoanya back here, Quickel, Clanover, uh, Shrule and Goron. So every time the pipe burst... Um, there was thousands of customers affected without water and probably more you know, more often than not without much notice. Now that was okay for well, Councillor Reddington, sorry to know, go across you there, just one second. How could it cost that much every time it bursts? Uh huge it's a huge project to get the, the, the pipe uh, leaked uh, or the leak fixed. Um uh, you know it's but it's forty thousand it's a big mains. It's 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 big money. Now in 2020, um, I put a motion through the Plenary Council uh, asking for Irish Water to liaise with all County Council to come to a solution in relation to this. I did it again in 2021, 2022, and in 2023, in fairness, I have to 
come in, Derek Pinder. Derek Pinder met with me and he got correspondence back from Irish Water to say that there was a, a major investment in relation to this two kilometre of pipe uh, for the 2024 uh, budget. Now, I asked again a couple of weeks ago because I wasn't too happy with how it was progressing. And Irish Water came back yesterday and said that the water mains is going to be replaced this year uh, in 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 the next couple of months, they've applied for a road opening license to Galway County Council. And, you know, that should solve a lot of the issues that we've had in this area, which is, it's quite a large area. This is affected now, as I said to yeah. you. Kilconley, Shrewl, Hetford, and, and villages around it. And can I ask now, you, how much would it cost if the council and um, Derek Pender, who's extremely competent, I have to say, if they were to, yeah, repla- if, if they were to go to Ishka Aaron or Irish Water, whatever the hell they're called at this stage, if they were to go to them, how much would it cost to replace that length of pipe 100% to stop this happening and, and the danger to cars and indeed damage to roads? Well, ultimately, Irish Water <coughs> are actually completely fixing this pipe now. So this is going to be done. And I have to say that that's from the work, I suppose, that I've put pressure on them. But Derek Pinder has done a lot of work in the background here as well. And this would be a major talking point in this area because, you know, I look back over my notices that I put out to the public through social media last night. I've 10 notices put out in the last five years in relation to long-term outages in this area. And I'm dealing directly then with individuals and residents who have needs, uh, the elderly, um, you know, especially that need home help. And I'd have to yeah. ring them straight away and say, listen, they're not on social media. This is going to be out for 24 hours um, I'm dealing with a lot of businesses in my own area, uh, restaurants, etc. And I'm also dealing with a lot of farmers and some farmers that I'm dealing with, you know, they're not cattle and sheep. There'd be other type of farming. There could be chicken farming or, and they need water on tap all the time mm. and especially for dairy cows. So I've been getting it on the, the on the neck, to be honest with you, for the last couple of, couple of years about this. Why is there no progress? But I have to say, you know, it's eventually it's coming to work you know the good work is coming to fruition because Irish Water have recognised the problem they put it into their budget they've applied for a road opening licence uh, the works are going to be carried out this year and when that two kilometres of pipe is replaced over there in Belclare that is going to sort out a huge amount of these problems because that's where the problems are originating okay. from um, and you know as I said to you it's very important to recognise people that have worked as well on this, especially in our own local authority, Derek Pinder. And I suppose I've been liaising with senior representatives from Irish Water and they recognise the problem. Um, they were looking for money to fix the problem. They recognised that it wasn't um, good practice, you know, to be forking out 40 or 50,000 euro every time was there, there was a leak. Okay. And they've now said that, that the two kilometre pipe is going to be replaced. And okay. that's where the problem was. Can I ask you though, um, very briefly then, just in relation to the new pipe going in, can it go down along or, or adjacent to the existing pipe so that water supply can be um, continued as it is? And what is the overall cost to this two kilometre piping uh, that Irish Water are putting in there roughly? Uh, Irish Water wouldn't furnish me with the costs. I've asked them about that. Um, they're very sketchy on, on you know things like that. Um, but there'll be a full retrofit of the pipe uh, there will be, I suppose, when the works are carried out, there will be instrumental, you know, water outages for it, for it to, to, to um, I suppose, work properly. Uh, but I don't have anything on costs. I'm not going to put a figure out there to mislead the public. But I do know from the correspondence that I have, an official correspondence, 
that this is happening and finally we're going to have a solution to this problem over here. Yeah, it's public money. It doesn't matter what it's costing. I mean, it's two kilometres. It could cost two million. It could cost a million. It could take whatever it's going to... It's going, certainly going to cost up two million at minimum to do the uh, two kilometres. But it's public money, so I don't know why they're they're not uh, coming out clear and saying we're investing X amount of money in, in this area and this is going to sort out the problem that's been discommoding people for the last long number of years. Yeah, no, listen, and I'll, I'll go back and I'll ask that again. Um, I suppose... You know, I haven't got that information yet. I'm sure maybe in the council they might have the information, but I don't. I suppose my job was to make sure that this was done uh, before I went out knocking on doors over in, in, in that area again because they are furious that they've put up with years of this. And, you know, I'm delighted that it's going to be done okay. and I'm delighted that it's it's works in progress. You know, the road open licence has been applied for, so that means they're thinking about doing this pretty soon. Then you took the words out of my mouth because like all good projects we can announce it, we can say that Irish Water, Ishka Water, uh, that they're uh, going to do this and they've, they've agreed to do it and Derek Pender and Galway County Council and all of that. But we need a start date and an end date. So when is it going to start and how long is it going to take? I was uh, liaising with Derek and Derek has told me once the road open licence is approved, Irish Water are going to start the works. I can't give an exact date. Um, all I know is that, you know, it's in the budget. The money's been allocated and um, our, the correspondence that Irish Water have sent me yesterday is that works are going to be carried out this year. So that's all I have at the moment. And will it be finished before the local elections in June? I'd say we'll be in the middle of it then, Keith. Good luck with that. But anyway, if the work yeah. begins from there, so be it. And Councillor Andrew Reddington, thank you for joining us uh, today. A bizarre thanks story. Much, and if and you thanks for your, and thank you for your support and for all, all the councillors' support over the last number of years. And I wish you the best of luck in your new chapter. Um, and health and happiness. Oh, we have a few months yet to, to, to have a good row, so we have. So thanks, Eddie, for joining us. To rattle the cage, yeah, to rattle the cage, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not until the 12th of um, April, and I will be around, hopefully, for the elections as well. So uh, yeah. th- there'll be a good row yet. Don't worry about that. Andrew Reddington, councillor, thank you, Eddie, for joining us uh, today on the programme. Thank you. Now we have a brand new festival. Tonta is coming uh, to Galway, celebrating the Irish language and Galway is a bilingual city on St. Bridges weekend. Grace uh, Connolly joins me indeed from Galway of Ligelga and they're the ones driving this with Galway City Council and more. And uh, Grace joins us on the line. Grace, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Where did Tonta come from, the idea? It's a brilliant idea for St. Bridges weekend, this coming weekend. It is. So it was It was in the making amongst ourselves, obviously here in Gollywood Liguelga, and of course with the help of our sponsors, to build and create a festival to celebrate the bilingual status that we have here in Galway City and that we're very proud to have here in Galway to um, to promote and use on Gaelga as much as we can. The name Tonta actually comes from the Irish word for waves, which is which is how we hope to uh, to view on Gaelga here, Timple Nacarroch around the city. Um, you know, we all know the therapeutic sound of the waves hitting the shore of Galway Bay. So the idea is that that would be synonymous with the beautiful sound of Gaelga hitting the streets of Galway City um, for for the weekend. That uh, Gaelga comes the vernacular of the city for the weekend. It really, it's a brilliant idea. So it is because the waves are. Very- close indeed to the city um, and the language is very close to the heart of the city as well. It is and so it's so important to us then to be able to to make um, you know different talks different workshops, different um, you know facilities and events and concerts so accessible to the people of Galway and indeed you know further afield we hope to have people coming from um, from all over. We have of course some of our acts Alton, 
are um, from the Grail Tuchting Gidor. So they'll be playing with us in the Town Hall Theatre on 8pm on um, the Friday evening. So we're hoping to attract so much more than just Galway. But of course, we as Galwegians are incredibly proud of Gaelge and of course that bilingual status that uh, we were granted back in 2016 and to continue thriving on to promote Irish as much as we can <laughs> and keep it close to the heart. Just give me a summary of what, what people can get from say Friday up until uh, Monday evening then just just briefly as to what's there. I know there's um, um, there's Kayleys and all of that type of stuff but what else can people get um, or where can they get the information on it? So we have a full programme, an extensive claw, um that's available to view on all of our social media accounts on Gaelic Lagoega. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, the whole shebang, Keith. <laughs> and we also then, of course, have tonta.eu. So that's T-O-N-N-T-A dot E-U, which is the website for the festival. And the full claw is available to view there. And of course, you can buy tickets. You can view all the free events that we have going on for the entire four days. The festival actually launches on Thursday, so there's one more sleep to go um, and we look forward to launching the festival in the King's Head at 12 o'clock where we'll have um, the Mayor of Galway City, Councillor Eddie Hoare, um, kickstart and launch the festival for us tomorrow in the King's Head. So we're really looking forward to that and um, straight after the launch we will kickstart the festival with um, the renowned um, Irish podcast group of girls, uh, Bioer Egan, and that's at 1pm in the Tyviark. So tickets are available online and um, we hope, we look forward to that because it's the first event of the festival, so we want to kick it off with a high. Um, but the full full programme is available on tunta.eu and of course tickets and more information is available on that site. And you're using, uh, you're using Portra Shed, you're using the Roshin Dove, you're using the Town Hall Theatre, you're using the King's Head. Um, we have, we using. roped in the whole city, Keith. We have um, on in the Porsche Shed, Porsche Shed at Doe on Saturday and Sunday. We have from 12 until 6, we have a full day of workshops and exhibitions. We have the cartoon exhibition um, displaying different pieces of art. We've got um, Irish yoga. We've got workshops on building St. Bridget's Crosses. Um, there'll be Irish ambassadors, Irish language ambassadors on call to speak to people about Gaelge, um, through Gaelge whatever language, um, whatever kind of kaijan or level of Irish that they have, you know, the Irish, Irish language ambassadors are just there on hand to to speak and spread the word of Gaelga and, you know, engage in the activities that are there. On Sunday, there's a lawn at Boshti, so a day for the children, for families to come on in and, you know, then workshops tailored to children, um, kids' discos, the work. So there's full day events um, in the Portershed. And then throughout the day, of course, then with the Festival Claw itself, we've got a big Kayleigh Moore and a fire show in Air Square. And um, that's at 2 p.m., quarter past 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. And um, indeed, so, then so we've got three times all... then, are you 2 p.m.? Uh, so we have um, the, Kay the Kayleigh Moore, which is free event, is at 2 p.m. And then we have the fire show at quarter past 5 and 7 p.m. So uh, that'll be... A full, uh, nearly a full day events going on in Air Square. So hopefully the weather is on our side. Grace, tell me, cut the Irish yoga. Irish yoga. So essentially, it's just yoga, <laughs> but we're doing it bilingually. So to be able to do these these things that we love through Irish, um, to engage in the language whilst we're doing our day to day activities. So um, it's just a yoga class that will be taking place. But we welcome both English and Irish speakers to partake and learn the Kupla Fuckle as they do it and, and do the class through Gaelge. 
So we, we have our own yoga master indeed here in the in the company here who does yoga on a daily basis. I think you know him, John Morley. Have you, have you met John before you have? We we have, yes. Yeah, so we did, did I didn't know he was a yoga instructor. <laughs> no, he's a yoga master. He's a yoga oh, so, so we're Well send, send you'll have to send John down and uh, oh, he's going down and do anyway. some yoga through Gaelga. Yeah, he's he's going down there, but he's gonna go and he's gonna check out what um Cade um, Irish yoga. I never heard of Irish yoga in my lifetime. So have you done? I mean, you're 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 quite you you'll critique it for us, John, will you? I think you're having a bit of poetic license there, Keith. I'm allowed to know. John can come on down and give us the verdict. <laughs> Magic walk, Grace. Can you will too? Go ma, chaeil tú hein, John. Go hein tú carfá. Jamie John Kate Pisella three Gaelga lewardel. Yeah, Errol. Nakita Rod will on Gaelga occur on Keen Egan John Jacktona. Tabronam, Khalmi de Khalmi de Glich and Jane Aaron Vaughan. Operation Arish Ledel. Tatu Karkalor. Nak Intakan Rod Gwil Angelga a Kur Khonkine and Jerashakta. Ah Tashi just Eros, August Marvime Grawl um Le Keith, Tom just Ho Brodul. Mar Erin Galiv the Gelge, August just Marini and Shus the Khar. Gwil on Gelge um Kurchon Keen August Kontosi Erfa and Yerashachtan Erfad. Tashi just Intoch Gwil Nehemachti Shaw er Faldrini, Agus Gwildini Enan, um Gwilge Ekol Ho Lodger, um Timpanakaroch, you know, Ta Ta Fogri, Ta Korhi, Timpanakaroch, um Ta Bratriagin, Le Kupla Fokil Screef Erna Bratri, Timpanakaroch, Augustashi Shin just intoch lefekol, um Gurfadelin our our good tang of hain at Usaj, Agus Ekol, um Sikhar Gahangoch, um Maratais Agingalyov. Yeah, August Nia won on Okad shot on Gaelgori, Toshivsha Egiri on Gaelga Kirkogin, August Dini Irok the Yen of Erechwij Gaelga Ayausu. Gadiroch, Gadiroch, Toshi, Tosh Imach the Erfall, um, three Gaelga, Och three Vela Homa. So by Gachrod, Idagah Yangoch, August Kredim Gulshi Shin on Rodis Tavochti, Neil Mujagiri, Ain Dinna, no Ain, um, Ain culture of her Aaron Aaron Immel Ervaloch, you know. Tashi Tavoch doch Gwildini and Anna Ekol Gwil Gwilge Marhudsden Kultor August Marhudsdar Nairoch the Ta Ogin Mar Erni Ingaliv August Tomid Brodul Ashin Nigahituva Borha Monoil Monoil to Leafa Sitanga Mata Kupla Fokalagit August Tatu Sosta Vipartoch in Ain Imoch Tri Gilge Ta Mila Falterov. So Shinano this Tavochti. August Tasagam go will August Garau a lot of the Ikarla Inye. V so Inye V Shola on Gradum, um on Gradum Fios Viogatiagin, um August Vishin just Araus, V atmosphere, Intachan, um Margueldini or Bishanish Lahai on um Blin and Machroin, um Margumaimich and Tusu Mach Arish, um Lahai on Gradum Fios Viogati, Shinan Bilingual Business Award on Gradum. Um a Yenamid Gokflin, um a Kauru Kolochti um Hun Nismo Gelga Usaj um in a good gno August um you know it's Intochano de Shin Homa Gvekin Knotna Gnolochti August Nikolochti Gwil Gwilge Tavochtoch August Usajoch Mar um Mar Mar Rud um snoknolochti koma like ni wan just mar tanga e on gelga is fedelin e sod um in our good gno yeah it's an important one Keith, so I'll, I'll ask that one again uh, there was a busy day yesterday for you grace 
It was. So we had the launch of our Gradham Hills of the Ogarty yesterday. Um, and oh, yeah. at that launch, we had the mayor actually of Galway City with us again, Eddie Hoare, to launch the festival, to launch the Gradham Hills of the Ogarty. Um, so the lines are officially now open for businesses in Galway City. It's a bilingual business award to enter into the Gradham. Um, it's aims to help businesses promote and incorporate more Gaelga into their businesses um, just to honour that culture and the language in the business Uh, uh, landscape uh, so that they can see the importance and the use of of Irish in the business. Uh, What's closing date to apply for that, Grace, can I ask you? The last date is the 19th of February for that, so get get the applications in. <laughs> Anybody can do so. If you have any little bit of Gaelga at all across the business, you can do so. By the way, I just was doing, doing a bit of research, uh, intensive research while you were talking to John, uh, ask Gaelga there, and somebody who teaches uh, yoga is called a guru. Oh. Oh, well, that's a new one for me too, Keith. Kade Shina ask Gaelga, guru? A guru. We'll stick a fad on it and we'll say a guru. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Keith. I have to so, go back to the team for yeah, that one. So, <laughs> I've uh, never heard of that word. I'll be looking for a full report uh, for Tuesday morning's programme as to how the Irish yoga went. I'll have that for you for the launch of the festival. No, no, I want to know and I want to know you got. I want to know the stretches. I want to know how many uh, classes he went in, all that. So no, be like you. Listen, good luck, Grace. Mind yourself, give her a card uh, to Garagin and indeed Breed and all the team there. And well done on the Gratham. Get them in please between now and the 19th of February and the the wonderful judges will be uh, making visits indeed there'll be a short list and the judges and uh, they'll make the final selection and then there'll be the overall night of presentations as well uh, so uh, get on with it uh, from there Grace thank you for joining us and uh, don't behave yourself over the weekend and enjoy <laughs> enjoy Tonta as well because uh, it's great and well done to Galway City Council and everybody else who made it uh, work uh, from there and Maria Moynihan Lee and uh, and everybody else who put their shoulders to the wheel on this one. Well done to all involved. Quick commercial break, and then Gareth Chiacana join us next. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Sergeant Michael Walsh joins me in the studio. He's the Galway Crime Prevention Officer with Galway Gardaí, and he's very proactive when it comes to just enlightening us as to what we should and shouldn't do, but he sits opposite me this morning. Uh, Sergeant Walsh, good morning to you. Thanks indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. We're looking at Neighbourhood Watch, we're looking at Gardaí recruitment campaigns, um, but we're also looking at just some figures on burglaries as well. You've, you've been working on this and they were in the news again today. Yeah, good morning, Keith. Yeah, I suppose I, I just heard it in your news slot at the top of the hour that burglary in Galway was up a couple of percent, I suppose, on the national average. And look, it, it goes back to, to, to simple crime prevention, I suppose, getting that message out there. Um, firstly, is crime prevention is, is, is everybody's business. Um, but it's the simple things of keeping doors locked. Um, and you mentioned the Neighbourhood Watch, which we're, we're relaunching um, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. And it's about people, people looking out for each other. Uh, Neighbourhood Watch... Um, is, is, is very important. Um, and we're having a relaunch of that uh, on the 13th of February. Uh, that's Tuesday the 13th of February at 7.30pm in the Galway Bay Hotel. So for anybody uh, in Galway City, um, we're inviting them that evening uh, to come over to Galway Bay uh, where we'll have all our community guardy, we'll have everybody there maybe to have a relaunch and a refreshed look at Neighbourhood Watch and bringing people together. And there's so many benefits to that. And it's not only the, the, the crime prevention and reduction, but it's it's even, I suppose, relaying that whole thing of the fear of crime. And as a crime prevention officer for the last five or six years, a lot of communities, when I go out to them, uh, there's a, a, an onset or a, a fear of, of of crime. And that, I suppose, has, has lots of repercussions, yeah. um, health and, and, and so on. But when, when you say relaunch on the 13th of February, I mean, 
And you mentioned the Community Gardaí. I mean, the Community Gardaí have been the heart and soul of communities for quite some time. You know, like the Clare Marcus and others that I, I really can't name every one of them. But they do a tremendous job, so they do. Yeah, they do super work, Keith. And, and you know, you have them on the show here weekly with the, with yeah. the, the, the weekly Garda slot. Um, excellent people. And, and I suppose, you know, be it COVID or whatever else, maybe yeah. some people have lost contact with their community guard, maybe have known the former community guard and don't know who the new one is. So we will have them there in the night. Uh, and one of the one of the plans is to have a kind of a little workshop or a focus group where people will be, I suppose, segregated into their different communities get to sit down with our community guard, get to know their community guard, and maybe have a little chat around what's happening in their area, what their concerns and fears might be, and how we can all work together to try and, I suppose, solve those problems going forward. But through the community guard, the network indeed, and they could be the eyes and ears of Angarda Shikona, so if something happens that they've got harassment coming in from a neighbour, or somebody is damaging their car, letting the air off to their shards or otherwise, I mean, the community guard, they can't know everything. The guard, full stop, can't know everything. But if, if people work together and trust each other and trust the Gardaí, they can make life easier for themselves. Yeah, we've become, I suppose, maybe, you know, too, too reliant on social media and, and everything else. And it's back to basic things about, you know, seeing something suspicious, contacting the Gardaí, contacting the local community guard. Because if you see something, it's worth saying something because don't automatically assume that the mm-hmm. other person or your neighbour has, has rang the Gardaí. So it's about working together to create safer communities. Um, and I suppose as well by, by, by meeting with your community guard and telling us what the issues are because, you know, the guards come through the estates but they might not see the, the, the small issues that cause concerns to communities and often then I would get, get contacted from a crime prevention perspective. I would work with the other uh, agencies, the councils and so on to maybe improve lighting, to cut back vegetation, whatever it might be to make, not only make a place safer, but a place feel safer. And when a place feels safer, it gets used by the community and that, I suppose, steers away criminality. Yeah. So the Neighbourhood Watch event is on um, the Galway City relaunch on 13th of February in the Galway Bay Hotel. And again, if they want to go there for 7.30, we'll remind them coming up to it again. It's just the day before Valentine's Day, uh, the night before. Uh, and can anybody in the city go to that again? Yeah, it's an open invitation to anybody in the city. And I suppose just to pay tribute to Councillor McNeilis, Neil McNeilis, who is the chair of the Joint Policing Committee. He's probably one of the people that's steering this. Uh, we will be sending out posters and we'll find them. you'll find them on our social media uh, over the next two weeks. Um, and I suppose Inspector Brian Ryan, just a shout out to him as well in Salt Hill. Uh, he's arranging it from, from, from that perspective. So there'll be a couple of speakers on the night. As I said, you'll have your community guard there. There'll be kind of focus groups uh, and so on. And I'll be there as well, maybe giving a, a small talk, as we mentioned, around burglary and, and, and crime and the fear of crime or about how to, to reduce or, or prevent crime. Um, I mean, I, every week I say you're making presentations because I would talk to a lot of community people and councillors and communities and they always mention that you as a crime prevention officer, you're making a presentation right across not just the city but the county as well. Yeah, you, it's a busy, busy portfolio with, with Community Alert and Neighbourhood Watch and all the different groups and I'm there to, to meet with any group, uh, meet a lot of ICA groups, um, any group that, that wants me, I'll go, go out and talk to them. But I suppose, um, you know, going back to that, that, that whole concept of the fear of crime or even the cost of crime, Keith, because, um, you know, when you, when you boil down the cost of crime and it's not just what was stolen um, and, and sometimes people, you know, ears perk up when I say, what is the environmental cost of crime? I say because if your house is broken into and the guard you have to go out, the patrol car goes out, the scenes of crime goes out, the crime prevention officer goes out, the detective goes out, um, how many journeys is that? Then add on your insurance assessor goes out, then your carpenter or, or door repairman goes out to fix the door or the window, 
then you decide to get an alarm in um, and there's a journey there. So a lot of journeys are made because of that one crime. And then let's say that the, there's an offender uh, det- detected and all of the journeys that the guardie do and going to court and bringing him to court and bringing him to perhaps prison or whatever else, down to, to one crime. And it could be the simple thing of just not locking your door and keeping valuables in your home. You know, I always say, uh, you know, cash keep it in the bank, the post office, the credit union, uh, if you have valuables like jewellery, and that's what they're after, cash and jewellery, making sure that you have a good safe if you have jewellery and keeping it keeping it locked away. And can I ask you, and I want, I want to stick on this for a minute if you don't mind, uh, Sergeant Michael Walsh, but cash and jewellery is one, the cash I can understand, but again, people locking doors and that is something we'll come back to as well. But jewellery, there has to be a market for it, and those people have to take responsibility uh, for the market that they're in as well. Yeah, look, uh, I suppose, uh, and these guys that, that will rob the jewellery are, are very, uh, um, I suppose, selective in what they'll take. They'll, they'll empty the jewellery box onto the, the bed or whatever, uh, and they'll pick the gold. You know, you have your cash for gold shops, which is, um, I suppose, a, a, an easy way to, 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 to convert that gold in, in, into cash. Um, and, you know, yes, there is a responsibility in everybody here. Um, you know, people who are accepting jewellery or, or anything else for sale, knowing it or believing it, believing it to be stolen, mm. is, is guilty of an offence as well. So everybody has a responsibility to, 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 I suppose, keep us all safe. And with a burglary, and if it's an unlocked window or an, or an unlocked door, but anybody that I know that has unfortunately had this experience, it's the fact that somebody's been in their house, gone through their stuff. I mean, that, that throws people for quite some time. So it's the simple things, like you said, have the alarm on if you have it, check the door before you leave the house, make sure the back and front door and side door, and, and just simple things. And sometimes the simple things have to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we all make New Year's resolutions, and this year I said to myself, one thing I want to really push is security standards. Doors and windows are, you know, the, the avenue that, that, that burglar was used to break into a house. And in this jurisdiction, we do not have, or we do not enforce security standards. Uh, they do so in, in, in the UK and other jurisdictions, and they've reduced burglary. What do you mean enforce? What does that mean? So there's no requirement in this country to put in a door or a window that has a security standard. Yes, the door has oh. to have a fire standard. It, it has to have a BER certification. So if you're selling your house, you need to get BER cert. There's no requirement on you to have a security certification. And that's something I'm trying to, I suppose, build secure homes. So, you know, the, the, the projections over the next couple of years is going to be 33,000 or more houses built each year. Working with all the stakeholders to make sure that we get, try and get, you know, doors and windows that have a security standard. They don't cost that much extra they're a much better made door and window. They last longer, especially if it's a window, a, a property that's going to be let out through, through landlords or whatever else. A door and window that lasts longer. But that's, but common, that's common sense. Though. Common sense, but statistics have shown that it will reduce burglary by over 90%. So, th- so the data is there, Keith. It does work. And we have the retrofitting scheme indeed in this country now that people could maybe have a look at that. Absolutely. So the, the door can't be kicked in or the window can't be broken. Absolutely. So anybody that's changing doors or windows or even building a house for the first time feel free to contact me. You know, I'll talk about security standards. It's something that there's no requirement to do here. So no disrespect to builders, they're, they're putting in maybe a cheaper version that just meets the fire standards, meets the, the BER standards, but doesn't tick the, 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 the security standards. The, the Euro profile cylinder, the lock that's on any of our doors out there at the moment, uh, as somebody said to me before, it would keep an innocent person out. <laughs> really and truly. Um, just cars, can I ask you then, and people forgetting to lock cars at night time. 
Um, is, is that still a problem and people taking from or taking cars? Yeah, it's always a problem, Keith. Um, and, you know, by leaving a car open, you're, you're creating an opportunity. Um, and, you know, people will go in and there's always something in a car. It can be sunglasses, it can be a couple of coins, open a glove box, there's whatever in it. So what I'd say to people is remove items from your car, no matter how, how small they might be, or at least, you know, put, put them out of, out of show so they can't be seen and, and keep the cars locked. Uh, most cars, I suppose, that are broken into are generally kind of out on the road. If you can move a car into a driveway, if you have a van that has tools and so on, if you can reverse it up against the house, just taking those extra steps to try and, I suppose, prevent prevent yeah. the crime happening. Common in the first sense, place. really, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, Councillor Albert Dolan said, could you ask uh, Sergeant Walsh, uh, when will the B alert tech system go back up and running? Is there such a thing? Yeah, well, as part of the text alert, B alert is, is, is munching a cheer is... Um, uh, way of of sending out text. There's a number of text providers out there. Be alert is just just one of them. Text alert is up and running. Uh, it's ran through the, the local community guards. So I'll speak with Councillor Dolan later. But um, it, it is through the, the local community guard, and they should be mm-hmm. people should be receiving text. But like any text alert and like any communications, Keith, it works both ways. You know. Mm-hmm. We won't be sending texts out unless we're getting something in. So people see something, as I said, see something suspicious, ring in, ring your local guard station, ring 999 if you have to. You know, if you see it, say it, we'll check it out. And if it warrants a text, we'll send a text out. Good stuff. Now, can I just um, pray, uh, let you go in a few minutes' time? Gather recruitment campaign is ongoing as well, and they've increased the age uh, to the age of 50 for new recruits coming in. Uh, it's been a few years since you joined on Gather Chicola. Um, how do you entice people because it is a difficult job how do you entice people to join and gather Shikona for a period of time and uh, be part of our protection service well, I suppose all I can say is is, is give you my story um, you know I'm too old to rejoin I've, I, I've surpassed 50 I'm afraid but as you said it's open to, to anybody between 18, 18 and 50 years of age and um, the tagline is it's a job worth doing and I suppose if I can give you my my career, um, you know, it's been very varied, and that's that's one of the one of the things I've loved about the guards is 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 the variance of work. No two days are the same. You know, I started out in Dublin. I was a detective. I was on motorcycles, uh, lots of different jobs up there. Then I got promoted sergeant, and I was sent to the Garda College in Templemore, where I became a teacher. Uh, did, for oh, ten yeah. years, I was, I was teaching in the Garda College, and then I moved moved up here to Galway, where I was in Mill Street for five years and crime prevention for the last five or six years. So there's that variance of work, which is exciting. I suppose there's there's um, a great feeling of, of 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 worth when you're when you're when you're working with people and, and making people's days better, um, whatever it might be, engaging with the community, people when they're at their most vulnerable. Mm. Um, and being able to help those people is that feeling of self worth. That's that's in itself is is is, is great. Um, it's a challenging job, but it's um, it's an exciting job. And I look back over my 30, 30 plus years service, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and I suppose you talk to any guard, they'll all give you a different story of what they've enjoyed and whatever else. And there are tough. It's what you take days, out of it. Though. But it's what you take out. And, yeah. and like anything, it's you know whatever you put in, you you get back out. It is what you and and where's the best place for them to get further details? So the the publicjobs.ie is where the um, where the application is. Lots of information on there about the whole process. Uh, the closing date is the eighth of February, uh, which is tomorrow week, Thursday, the eighth of February at three p.m. So get on to public jobs, uh, fill out your application form from there, and uh, the process will will start quite quickly. <laughs> What type of commitment is there when you join? We say that you're 40 and you're listening to us in Medtronic today and now, or any other factory indeed, or you're at home on a day off or otherwise. Uh, what type of commitment has to be given from a training point of view? And can you be posted uh, to anywhere in the country? 
Yeah, well, I suppose the, the, the cha- most challenging part is 36 weeks in, in, in the Garda College in Templemore and County Tipperary, where you're there Monday to Friday. Um, now you are accommodated, meals provided and everything there. So I suppose as, as third-level institutions go, uh, there's very few who you get paid to go and, and have your accommodation and meals well, provided. Well, you don't get paid, do you? You get paid, it's just over €300, Euros, which... I appreciate somebody who's maybe in their forties isn't isn't a lot of money depending on on their dependency, but um, you get paid down there. So anybody that that's interested, that that's where you'll spend the first thirty six weeks. After that, then you you come out to a guard station, and usually our HR people will will I suppose look at applications for somebody that might be married or have have other dependents that they will try their best, I suppose, to, to accommodate them close to home that they don't mm-hmm. have to travel travel too far. But as you said, you c- can be can be posted anywhere. I started my career in Dublin for 10 years, loved loved every day of it. Uh, I just left Dublin uh, f- due, due to promotion, not not by choice, but but here I am. Uh, but yeah, there, there are those challenges of the, 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 weeks, the weeks in Templemore. What about the day-to-day the day, day stuff? Now, you could be dealing with somebody who's drunk, you could be dealing with somebody who's sick, you could be dealing with somebody who fell on the ground, Car crashes, deaths, all of that—it's—it's. It's, it really is a catch-all for the guy that you're going to. Yeah, you are dealing with people when they're most vulnerable. Um, you know, very, very, very rarely does somebody ring you to tell you that that they have a good news story and they don't want you. Uh, it's usually when people are yeah. at most dire straits will will you get that call? And as you said, you, you do go out to to um, you know serious traffic accidents, deaths, sudden deaths, and all that goes with it, which which is very challenging. But I suppose there's very good training. Um, and a very good team around you, and you know we have a very good welfare service to deal with with the traumatic incidents that we we work with as well. But um, I suppose that that team approach, um, and and you know you're not going to be starting out as the young guard on your own. You're going to have a, a good team around you who'll support you, advise you, and mentor you through through all that's needed needed to be done. And there's court as well involved for a guard. I mean, it's it's, it's uh, court's a big aspect of a guard's life as well. Yeah, it, look, I suppose as as a guard, you're, you're gathering evidence. Um, you know, and it can be frustrating at times. You you get the evidence, and you you have your suspect, and you bring them before the court. But the the burden of proof is is quite hard. It's beyond all reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know in your heart and soul that that somebody who committed a crime gets away with it. But you, all you can do is do your job. Um, we have to be lucky once. They have to be lucky all the time. We often say. Uh, but it's about gathering that evidence um, and bringing that evidence before the court. And do you need finally? Do you need to have an awful lot of patience? Because I don't know what the patience that I see some of your colleagues have. When they're dealing with people who are just totally obnoxious, yeah, definitely patience is is, is something is, that's is required. It one of the qualities that you need big time. I think no more than your own job. I was listening to you on the, on the last hour, Keith, and you said you were you were doing your flipping best here. Was your, yeah. was your term? Yeah. But I know you can you can get frustrated from day to day. And I can uh, show you with, the screens here and it's, it's and the text messages. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you got this morning. But yeah, it, it is it is a tough job in that regard. But look, it's very rewarding as well mm-hmm. because you know for every for every bad story you have, I'd have ten good stories. For for people that who assisted and helped, and it could be it could be um, you know the likes of the community alert, the neighbourhood watch, going out to the most vulnerable people, going out to talks I give, um, making people feel safe, making people feel secure. I think that's 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 what people want. People want to be safe in their communities, feel safe in their communities, and and we as Garda through the community guards and the network that we have out with those people. I mean, there's a great reward in that. There is, because um, many of the time on this programme, you get a call from somebody who lie, they lie awake at night when they hear a car coming up the boarding or up the up the yard and they don't know who's in it. You know, it's in, and it could be innocent, and it may not be innocent. And But there's there's a lot of frightened people out there. So that's why the community alert and the 
be alert and all of those, that's a support to people that they can be in. Yeah, it's it's that fear of crime, as I said, and it's about, and that's what Neighbourhood Watch, going back to it, is all about. It's about the community working together to support each other, support the more vulnerable. And we're also, I suppose, in our Neighbourhood Watch looking for young people, you know, transition year students to come as well, because we all, and they all have a place in they're society. The, they're the next. They're the next generation working with the Gardaí. And I suppose, you know, there are maybe laneways or, or spaces within that community that people feel unsafe for whatever reason. And that's what I do as my job as a crime prevention officer is I often design out crime. No more than the doors and windows and the security standards, it's about looking at the broader context of, of an area and how can we design that and make that a safer place. Mm. It's a great job that you do. Fair play to you for what, for what you do. Now, just going back again, let's go back uh, to the 13th of Feb in uh, the uh, Galway Bay Hotel. Dan Murphy will have the, the red carpet out for you, so he will. So anybody that would like to go to that event, it's on at 7.30pm. Do they need to register? They want to know in advance? No, just show up on the night. Look, there'll be refreshments there. We'll have our community guard there. As I said, Councillor McNeilis is there to, to chair, the, chair the meeting. I'm sure our own Chief Superintendent Roach will be there as well. Inspector Brian Ryan, as I said, in Salt Hill and many more of our, of our senior management will be there in the night. But but more importantly is that our community guard will be there. There'll be uh, working groups set up so you'll be put in with your community group, maybe larger community group, sit down with your community guard, they get to know them, share contact details, whatever it might be. I mean, there may be some active neighbourhood watch groups at the moment and you may not have one or, or even know yeah. if there's one in your area. Come on the night, we'll sit down and talk about it. Um, I know Sergeant Dermot Hardyman who's the, the community policing sergeant will be there as well and he gave a little talk about how to set one up if you don't have one and I don't like to single anybody out but I was uh, last year we were in the Joishka area and the uh, community guard there is revered by the people up there yeah. they just love the community guards yeah. up there yeah. because it's their way to get a message or to stop something or to report something it's so important uh, and, and maybe you know with, with, with modern technology and, and I suppose the way the way crime has gone crime has got more more complex Keith um, you know you hear a lot of times a call for more community guardie and I suppose because crime has got complex the investigations have got complex let's take cyber crime for example um, you know that's that's quite quite a new phenomenon a couple, couple of years couple of years old which requires a lot of in-depth uh, behind a computer screen type investigation mm. dealing with banks and dealing with that. So those guardies that are now behind the computer screens are not out in the street where they traditionally were. So maybe you have less community guardie, um and, and, and people don't don't see the guards. So it's important that we have that connection with the community and that's why Neighbourhood Watch is important that we're, we're, we're seen to be proactive in the community and it is a, a form of communication. And very briefly, don't be afraid to ring the guard if you're concerned. Absolutely, that's what we're here for. 999 is there if at any stage you feel unsafe, if you need a call for service, if you need the guard now, do not be afraid to ring 999. That's what it's there for. Sergeant Michael Walsh, thank you for all that you do and uh, we look forward to having you in the studio again in the near future. But again, further details can be had from the Shikona. But 13th of February, again, just go to the Galway Bay Hotel, 7.30, and we'll remind you 10 times between now and then.